All right, time for us on this Friday morning to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simeon. Hey, have you ever had the experience of an email with your name on it ending up in the wrong hands? I am terrified just thinking of that possibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's reply been a while. At all, so, so don't get me started on the... reply all. That's like a yeah. nightmare. I this is it's been a while though since we have had a genuine kind of faux pas like this. Yeah, you know, and I give you yeah, you have to have a little bit of sympathy for the energy minister, Josie Osborne. So because because of what happened. So on Wednesday morning, she writes an email to herself laying out some ideas for energy policy in BC Hydro, climate action, here in BC, that are under discussion in the government. She writes that at 7.13 a.m., and we know that because she then prints it out and then misplaces, drops, loses the email. She then has the experience less, a little over 24 hours later, in the legislature, about 10.30 Thursday, of having the memo read back out in the legislature because after she dropped it, it fell into the hands of the opposition and the opposition made political hay of it. So it doesn't get much worse than that. Simi, I'll remind the listener that it can take months to get something out of this government by access to information request. We don't very often see what a minister's thinking about anything within 24 hours without this kind of leak. And this was the gold standard in leaks. Okay, let's talk about what was in this email. So first of all, and I think, you know, for the public, this is the interesting one. The government is considering offering either rebates on your BC hydro bill or a freeze in hydro rates to offset the pain of the carbon tax. Now, you know, uh, we know right across the country there's a backlash against the carbon tax, but remember what the New Democrats have been saying publicly here. By God, we're going to stand by this carbon tax even if we're the last government in Canada. What this tells you is that behind the scenes, they are concerned about the backlash, which is real, And they're looking at ways to provide relief that don't actually involve changing the tax. So you don't freeze the tax. You don't necessarily put off the next increase. But you order BC Hydro to funnel some of the cash back to ratepayers in the form of a rebate or maybe an outright freeze of hydro rates. So that's what's under discussion. That's, you know, I think. That's good news if you you know pay your hydro bills or worried about the cost of home heating or anything. Uh, clearly, the government is aware that people are getting fed up with the burden of the carbon tax, even though publicly it's saying, yeah, well, you know, it's only the opposition parties that are going to do anything about the carbon tax. Right. It is so interesting because so we've talked so often recently about a, a government that is very stuck on doing things their way. And this shows you that is not the case necessarily behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Behind the scenes. This is this is the new Democrats talking to themselves when they think no one's listening. So the other thing in this that's interesting, too, is there's a clearly a concern in the government about BC Hydro's ability to supply clean, green electricity for the transition to away from fossil fuels and also to electrify existing industries 
and to provide electricity to companies that want to invest in British Columbia. So the email discusses the case of Fortescue, which is a company that is talking about building one of those big hydrogen manufacturing plants in Prince George. The company would invest $3 billion here. They need 1,000 megawatts of electricity, which is approaching the output of Site C. And what the memo says is, you know, we can't supply all this electricity. Uh, we're going to have to go to a company like Fortescue, and we're going to have to say either you put up a billion dollars to pay the cost of the generating facilities and the transmission lines, or scale down your project. Now, again, that's not what the government says publicly. Premier David Eby is delighted that a foreign company that wants to spend uh, $3 billion of building a hydrogen plant here in British Columbia. He points it as evidence that investors have confidence in British Columbia. But behind the scenes, this memo is like a shakedown, right? Either you put up a billion dollars for the power, or uh, we're going to have to ask you to scale down the project. That's not necessarily the kind of incentive that persuades big companies to invest in British Columbia. So the email is very revealing on that as well. Interesting goings-on in the last, I would say, couple days now here, Vaughn, about uh, government seems to be a little more worried about some things than we realized. Yes, Simeon, I just wanted to flag something about that Osborne Energy Minister okay. email uh, that we talked about in the first bit. You can tell how sensitive the New Democrats are about this leak because they are pushing back against how that email is characterized. So, what I say in my column in the Vancouver Sun today, what we understand is Osborne acknowledged her name is on the email and she sent it to herself. She says, however, that the ideas in it were not her ideas. They were the ideas of an advisor who she declined to name. But she also said these are ideas that are under discussion in the government. So that's the news is this is options that are under discussion in the government. But they're very upset at the suggestion that it's Josie Osborne's email, even though, Simi, her name is on the email. She sent it to herself. She assembled the email. She printed <laughs> it out. She lost it. And in a news conference with the press gallery, she did not disavow the contents and say, that's not what I would do. She refused to answer any questions about what happened. So all of this together, Simi, tells you, the New Democrats are very sensitive about it having leaked that they are thinking of offering major rebates through BC Hydro to ease the pain of the carbon tax. And they're also uh, concerned about the ability to deliver the electricity for the giant projects that they're promoting around the province. Certainly sounds like it. So another sign perhaps of that sensitivity is their response yeah. on this housing bill. Yeah, you know, it hasn't gotten a lot of attention, uh, but the government, uh, among the many housing bills we got this fall, is one that laid out the situation where municipalities can and cannot designate areas like parks, public spaces for homeless encampments. And the government introduced the bill back in October, and they said, this will make it easier to do that it will mean an end to the court battles over whether you can and can't restrict homeless encampment. 
And the government was going ahead and passing the bill. And they said it was going to be, this was good news. Well, the Union of BC Municipalities pushed back and they said, not only will this make it easier to uh, say you can't have a homeless encampment in that park, it will make it almost impossible, according to the UBCM, to, to go ahead and put any restrictions on homeless encampments anywhere in the community. The interesting thing is the response from the government. I mean, you know, they brushed off a lot of the criticisms of their housing legislation. Yesterday, Premier David Eby says, you know what? UBCM may have a point here. We are going to have to sort out this disagreement over what this legislation does. Now, he stopped short of what the local government association asked for. He didn't agree to pull the bill, but he did agree that it won't be proclaimed into law until this disagreement over what it means is sorted out. So this is the first case we've seen this fall where the government has acknowledged, Simi, there are any problems with all of its big housing bills. So I'll give them credit for pausing. I'll give them credit for listening to local government. And I think this is one dispute that they ought to make very clear what the implications are of the legislation or the whole thing is just going to go back into court the object of the bill was to make sure we get these things out of court. It's interesting. Like, why this one and not the other areas where, where other people have pushed back? Like, I'm thinking even the speculation tax. We heard this week with the expansion that all a lot of the mayors said, well, we, we didn't know anything about this. Yeah. No, and, uh, you know, the short-term rentals, there are all kinds of concerns yeah. there. The, um, the squashing, the ability of local government to have public hearings on housing projects, the impact of the, you know, 20-story buildings around transit stations on on some neighborhoods where, especially neighborhoods that are full of low-rise rental buildings, so they'll get demolished and people get evicted. I mean, there's been lots of good criticism. And Simi, their answer in most cases has been, uh, wait for the regulation. Uh, we may sort some of this out in the new year. Or, ah, you're just a tool of the developers. That's all you're trying to do. Uh, I, I think it's really interesting that, you know, as I said, we've seen two things in the last 24 hours, Simi, that the government is aware that some of the things it's doing aren't very popular. One is they're not going to be able to hold the line on the carbon tax without offering more relief. And in this one, they've admitted that local government has a point in pointing out the flaws in another of the, what, I think there are five pieces of legislation before the House that involve housing. Okay, so interesting point yeah. to get at. You wonder if anybody will learn anything, though, Vaughn. That's the thing. You've been covering this for a long time. Will it change anything going forward, or will they just continue to clean up perhaps where they make a mistake? Well, you know, I, I think the, the thing that we'll be watching next year is this housing legislation is very ambitious. It represents an enormous transfer of power over housing from local government to the provincial government. And even if you think that the objective there is needed to add housing, the, the provincial government has a lot less experience than local government in deciding what is and is not a plausible housing project. So unless you think the provincial bureaucracy that cooked up all this stuff is infallible, which they've proven they're not, I think we're headed for a very bumpy year on the housing front. There's a growing number of municipalities, including some led by New Democrats, that are saying, you know what? 
you're trying to do too much here and some of this stuff isn't going to work, the government would be very wise to proceed carefully on some of its other legislation too, because I think a lot of the pushback is from people who think it would be good to have greater density, would be good to have more housing around transit lines, but come on, the details Yes. Is the provincial government up to calling to accomplishing all this without a lot more cooperation at the local level? Exactly. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun. If you want to weigh in, Simi at cknw.com.